Today, we're talking Notre Dame. The Bears let one slip. We'll break it down. A little bit of film analysis, some inside stuff you may not know. And we will bring you the scoop coming up right now. Welcome to Bear Insider, Ultimate Insider Podcast. I am Mike Pulaski, Hall of Fame Cal quarterback and your host here today. We are talking about Bears versus Notre Dame. The Golden Domers were susceptible this year. I know Hope Springs Eternal on Cal's campus, but this year, of all years, Notre Dame was very beatable. And so coming into this game, there was a lot of hope, a lot of uh, high hopes, a lot of big wishes uh, that Cal could get the big win on the road against a program that has the lore, if not the team this year, uh, that would bring you a lot of respect from around the country, even though Notre Dame's not very good, 0-2 coming to this game. And the Bears, quite honestly, let one slip. Now, there was a little help from the officials on this, too. And I know you people at home are kind of thinking that the officials helped out, and they definitely did. We will review that call. It was horrible, truly horrible, to the point that there's got to be something wrong with the official or, you know, it calls into question integrity because there is absolutely no chance that there was anything there for him to see as an offsides. Um, but we'll get into that when we get to the film in just a second. I will also talk to coach today and we'll get his take on the game, kind of the X's and O's. We'll break it down, the emotions, all of that stuff. I want to start on the defensive side of the ball because I thought the defense played pretty well in this game early on. Uh, they played so well, as a matter of fact. Uh, offensive coordinator Tommy Reese, who is a former, former Notre Dame quarterback, at one point was caught on camera on NBC, NBC absolutely lighting up his quarterback, Drew Pine. Drew Pine's first start as part of the Fighting Irish football program, and he was not good. He was very not good. Uh, truly bad. He was missing wide open flat routes. You could see he was pulling the string. He was super nervous about making throws. And that coaching staff at 0-2 is feeling the pressure. And so, boy, Tommy Reese on the phone on NBC's cameras was just lighting him up, telling him, look, it's an effing flat route. Do your effing job. Complete it. And I as a coach, I totally get where he's coming from. Uh, you know, I don't know that it helped Drew Pine. He made some throws later in the game. He made a, a tailback seam later in the game. He hit a tight end down the middle later in the game. Uh, but he did not have a very good game overall. And so it presented opportunities. The Bears were really good, again, on third down. Remember, they held UNLV, I believe, to 2 for 16 or 2 for 17 last week on conversion downs, third and fourth down. And they actually held... Notre Dame to uh, a really low number, like 30%, 33% uh, of third down conversions in this game. So that's a great number for a defense. A couple of big things hurt them. There were penalties. Blake Anzalatis got the roughing the passer, which at the time, I, you know, when I saw it happen live, I'm like, yep, that is a late hit, no doubt about it. Then when I watched it on film, I thought, nah, you know, maybe it's not. But it's a judgment call, and as a player, you can't allow the officials to have the opportunity to make that call on you. So... Either way, that's a bad one. Um, there was obviously the penalty of on the kick that we talked about that we'll show in just a second here. And there, there was a celebration penalty after a touchdown 
uh, I think it was J. Michael Sturdivant scored on the corner route in the end zone, and he spun the ball in the end zone and did a little dance. And uh, at the time, I didn't see it, but that was definitely uh, a personal foul, definitely a taunting. So, uh, you know, that one was right. The, the late hit uh, targeting was questionable. Anzalatis will have to miss next week now. Uh, the team's already appealed it, and so they don't have a choice. He's going to miss the first half of this week's game coming up against Arizona. Luckily, that's a position that the Bears are very deep, and obviously the, the field goal was – there was no offsides about it. And it was the official on the Cal side. I thought maybe if it was if he was official on the Notre Dame side, they're in his ear screaming. Maybe he throws a flag and then doesn't pull it back because of his ego. But it was the guy on the Cal side standing right in front of Coach Wilcox, and the flag was super late. As a matter of fact, it was so late – that our radio broadcast, they bring out the timer for the TV. We went to commercial, and we missed the ensuing touchdown on the FCM. So uh, it was really a crazy sequence of events there to, that led to that Notre Dame touchdown. And that, you know, could that have changed the game? Yeah, it could have been a huge game changer because they missed the field goal. Cal gets the ball back. Maybe they do something with it. Maybe they don't. But Notre Dame doesn't get any momentum from going into the end zone or from scoring any points whatsoever. So that is a huge one. But overall... I thought the defense played pretty well, especially early on. I think at the end, Notre Dame started to move them a little bit up front, started to run the ball pretty well. But uh, I think early on, they played well. If the offense could have generated some time of possession to keep that defense off the field, if they could have moved the ball a little bit, uh, a little bit more than they did, then I think that that would have been a much different story in that football game. Quite honestly, as an analyst watching that game, I felt like I came away from that game feeling like, if we could have just protected the passer, we, we would have won that game by 21 points because there was some open stuff on the field that Jack Plummer didn't have an opportunity to get to. There were some throws that he could have made. There were some open receivers. Uh, there were some matchups that were really beneficial to the Bears. And then Notre Dame was getting home with just four rushers. If you can get home with just four defensive linemen, four rushers, that leaves you seven guys across the back end to cover in, in passing downs. You have to be able to, as a football team, either run the ball versus that because you're going to get what you call split safeties, two high safeties, middle field open, all those things describe it, but two safeties deep with underneath coverage, five guys underneath. And so you're going to spread the box, and if you get the box spread like that with two safeties deep, you have to be able to run it. Bears were not very effective running the ball. They hit the counter early on, and they were decent there. Um, but then Notre Dame figured it out, and they, they plugged it up. The Bears also, because they were not giving Plummer time, weren't able to take advantage of throws downfield. If you just rush four, you have to give your quarterback a full three seconds to figure out where it's open because there's more guys in coverage. And so you have to be able to see downfield. You have to have the time and you have to have the confidence and comfort of stepping up into a pocket. Bears just didn't allow that. And it was, I'll ask coach about this later, but to me, there was a lot of technique issues there on the offensive line. It felt like me, to me, like the game was big, and some of those guys felt like, oh, these guys are so talented, I got to get outside. And we were turning shoulders, we were coming off blocks, we were splitting things that we shouldn't have as an offensive line. And so that's that has to be cleaned up. You can't go into conference play doing that kind of stuff and expect to win in the Pac-12. It is just not going to happen. That was the biggest piece to me. And Jack Plummer, there's some passes that he will, he wants back, I guarantee. There's some stuff that he could have, should have hit. He missed Jay Knott uh, on a the matchup they were looking for against a linebacker on the outside. Needed to give him more air instead of trying to throw a dime ball super flat. 
Um, because Jay not beat the linebacker. He was there. And if Jack Plummer hits him, that is to the house first touchdown on the board early. And it would have been a big game starter momentum shifter in that game right away, put a lot more pressure on Notre Dame and on that offense, which would have helped a lot. So that's a huge one. Jack Plummer should have had that. Uh, I thought the running backs did what they could. You can't do a lot without great blocking up front. Again, we'll get back to uh, the offensive line needs to block. They need to be better, period. I like the guys. I love O-liners, uh, but they have to be better up front. They will, they will tell you that after watching film. Uh, Notre Dame has some guys that are going to play in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. They have some good football players. But even at that, you're not asking the offensive line to do anything that they shouldn't be able to do. They are power five offensive linemen playing the Pac-12. They should be able to block those guys. And, yeah, Notre Dame would have won several of them, but Cal should have won several of them as well, which would have given Plummer time, a little more confidence, a little more comfort, and would have allowed a pretty talented wide receiver group to get open downfield. Now, that said, with seven back in coverage, uh, the receivers had a hard time getting off coverage sometimes. They spent some time on the ground getting knocked over, which should not be happening. Uh, and they need to do a better job of getting open as well. But it all starts up front. Games are won and lost the trenches, and the Bears lost the trenches versus Notre Dame uh, overall. And so I think that was the big difference maker. That was the, the story of this game. Did the officials affect this game? No doubt about it. Officials affected this game. Uh, and we'll talk about that as soon as I'm done talk to, talking to Coach. But you have to take control of your own circumstances. That is one play. It's a big one. But if you block, if you pass, if you tackle, if you do all those things the way that you're supposed to, the Bears would win that game. And they just didn't quite get that done. That's my take. I had an opportunity to talk to Coach earlier to get his take on this game and kind of a hard time in the remnants of Notre Dame. Obviously, we always appreciate Coach coming on with us, and we'll look at that right now. Joining me now, head coach Justin Wilcox, off of the disappointing loss at Notre Dame. Obviously, a tough one, coach. You've watched the film now. I watched the film this morning. Tell me your thoughts. Uh, well, we missed a great opportunity um, to get a win against a good team. Uh, we learned some valuable lessons. Unfortunately, uh, learned them in a loss, and uh, we just have to get you know reloaded mentally. Uh, starting yesterday and, and get ready for Arizona uh, Pac-12 play in front of us. And, uh, you know, again, there was, there was a lot to learn from the tape, but we got to wash it and move on. Talk to me about the defense in this game early on, really stifled that Notre Dame offense. Uh, they couldn't get anything going. It was actually video on TV of Tommy Reese, their offensive coordinator, just absolutely lighting up the quarterback, Drew Pine. Uh, what were you guys doing? What was, what was making that possible for the defense to be so effective? Oh, I thought, uh, you know, the guys <clears throat> played hard. Uh, I thought the coaches had a, a good plan going in, you know, trying to, uh, you know, ultimately we're trying to put the game in the quarterback's hands, and that's easier said than done. They're very, very good up front. They got good uh, play at the line of scrimmage. Um, early in the game, we're getting off the field uh, on a regular basis, you know, uh, gave up the touchdown before half uh, on the T seam against three deep. And then uh, in the second half, we, we gave up a touchdown on the, on the opening drive of the second half for them, which we, that second week in a row. So we got to be better there. And we had a couple third down opportunities. We got a critical, critical penalty um, that resulted in a, a touchdown for them. And, you know, we got to find a way to get a stop uh, early in the second half and then 
you know, find another turnover in there, punch the ball out, tip a ball, intercept it. And we had some chances and we, we weren't able to capitalize on them, but uh, I thought the effort was good. The third down defense was good again. And uh, they were just leaning on us a little bit in the run game and uh, were able to, to put the ball in the end zone a couple of times. We needed to get one more stop. And I know that you won't comment on it and you don't need to comment on it, but people at home would kill me if I didn't comment on it, that that phantom kind of offsides on the, on the field goal did not help the cause at all. And we'll just kind of leave it at that for today. How about that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't really, I don't have a response for that. I've never seen that before. Um, yeah. A manufactured call, but at the end of the day, we don't need, uh, I'd like to think that we don't need perfect circumstances in order to win. And we proved that we don't need perfect circumstances to, in order to give us a chance to win. We got to find a way regardless. Well, that's exactly it. You're on the road at Notre Dame, right? Fabled program, but you're not playing the logo. You're playing the team that's in front of you. And I thought, you know, physically, they were a very good football team. There's no doubt about it. They were good up front on defense. They were good up front on offense. They had talented players around the board. Uh, but offensively, uh, I think this was the most kind of disjointed effort that I've seen out of the Cal offense in a while, just because they couldn't get anything going. Counter started to hit early on, and then they solved that problem, and then couldn't get guys open. We did this for Jack. This was not his best game. He missed some balls that he should have hit, yep. uh, but then he was under pressure a lot as well. Yeah, I think uh, you know what you saw early in the game. We did had a couple nice counters that were blocked well and moved. The, uh, we're able to get some positive runs and then ultimately it was the number of negative plays zero you know zero gains or negative plays and uh everybody had a hand in that uh you know jack had a couple throws that he'd like to have back i mean guys that were open but we also have to do a better job blocking just across the board we got to block better i mean you know the old adage it comes down to blocking and tackling is very true and we did not block well enough uh to play good offense throughout the game we had stretches we had some good throws and catches we had uh some nice runs De carlos gave us a spark um but at the end of the day we didn't block well enough I, there's no question about it as a, as a quarterback who played you know 11 years after college when you have those games or a couple of games in a row where you just keep getting hit all of a sudden your feet your steps get shorter your mechanics are off and you're not as accurate Je that showed up with jack but that's a huge byproduct of getting hit, you know, in that UNLV game and then this game again, trying to make something happen uh, without being able to step in. The other thing I thought was unique based on the talent that we have at that receiver position is that we didn't get a ton of separation in part due that they were getting home with four on the rush so they could keep seven in coverage. But in part, we just weren't getting separation and guys were getting bumped and jostled uh, and weren't getting off it. Talk about that. Yeah, we uh, were on the ground too much and out of our routes too much. Uh, the, you know, the depth or the positioning on where the guy needs to be in the route wasn't uh, where it needs to be. And so we have to be more detailed in coaching them. Um, we have some talented guys there. And then ultimately, uh, we do, if they're going to rush four people, uh, we have to hold up long enough for people to get open. So it's a, it's a common, it's, you know, everybody's involved in that. The receivers are getting open and the tight ends getting open. Also the protection of you know, I think that's probably the biggest difference in that game is their four man rush really gave us issues. Um, and so we've, we've got to protect better. So if they're only going to rush four, that we have to be able to give the, the passing game some time and rhythm uh, for guys to get open. And so 
Jack did make some really nice plays on scrambles. Some, I think three explosive plays on scrambles. They played a, some two man a couple times and he ended up chasing them down the field. And then uh, one time on a three deep, I think, and DeCarlos got a really nice block for him on a fourth and eight. Uh, but again, we got to be more efficient in the past game against four man rush. No doubt about it. And it's probably, a, this is more of a question for Billy Musk, but we didn't move the pocket. Like we, we, had him back in the pocket and guy with that four man rush coming after him, pocket collapsing on him. I know that we don't, that Jack's not a running quarterback per se, but moving it half rolls kind of changed the launch point. Was that part of the game plan anywhere in there? Was there a, a kind of a consideration we, for it? Yeah, we do have that stuff again, you know, Bill calls the game. Uh, I'm going to, I support him. It's not my area of expertise. We do have pocket movement. We have boots. We have and in order for that stuff to work, you know, there's, uh, other things that have to happen. And so um, uh, it was a consideration. Uh, it's still a consideration, um, but there are plenty of opportunities in there for us to just block the other guy better. Um, yeah. For as many times as maybe we got beat, you know, once in a while, it's like, yeah, that the other player's really good. He got the one-on-one -on -one and he won on that rep, but not, not at the rate. Uh, you know, we had, we have guys that can make those, blocks and we have to help them improve there so they can make them and that we're not having to uh you know always go two on one everywhere you just can't do that because ultimately if you two on one everywhere you only got a certain number of guys to run around yeah exactly yeah and you shorten yourself too in terms of what you can do yeah. even if you move the pocket like i was talking about you shorten the field you're only playing half the field but you know for me as a quarterback just kind of getting him some clean launches you know in my head that's what i'm always thinking how do you get your quarterback settled in how much of this do you think mentally, emotionally was a big game, big location? And no matter who you are as a player, you tend to get that hype going. How much of it was that is the first part of that question. And the second half of that is with the offensive line, kind of where they're at, um, how do you pull them back emotionally? Because that's the biggest piece. Get them back to understand that they can do this if they just settle into their techniques. Well, it, we had examples of that. We showed them clips yesterday when we just play good football and, uh, not asking anybody to be superhuman uh, or do something that they cannot do, whether that's on defense, offense, special teams, to execute a technique and do it over and over again. So you show them examples of when they do that and the success that that brings. And so uh, that's the first thing. In terms of the environment, I thought the guys handled the environment fine. I mean, it was a great environment. I mean, you know, it's a storied stadium. There's, there's a packed house. I mean, it's a great environment, but I didn't get the sense that anybody out there was, it was too much for them. I mean, I think they just went out there and played football. We just didn't play well enough uh, technically at certain positions. And then we made bad decisions that resulted in penalties that really cost us. Yeah. And, and my point was not that it was too much for them, just that sometimes you get that hype going and your technique falls apart because you think I got to move too fast, right? The game's moving faster based on kind of your surroundings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, there's really no substitute for game day. I mean, we can't, unless we're going to um, call everybody up and try and get 70,000 people in the stands <laughs> right. for practice. I mean, there's nothing else to do there. I mean, it's, it's uh, muscle memory, it's confidence in yourself and your technique and having the emotional and mental uh, toughness and focus to just play that play for what it is and don't make it more than that. Yeah, that's exactly it, right? Just having the trust that your technique works if you execute your technique, super key. Uh, having coached young players myself, like if you can just get them to do what they're supposed to do, it's amazing how it works out more than it doesn't. Uh, so 
talk about, let's put a bow on this. What did you tell the team? You know, what was your explanation to them? And what do you tell them going into Pac-12 play? Well, we, you know, talk about the, uh, how it is a difficult loss and what we learned from it, you know, and a couple of the things that I said, I thought the guys competed very hard and we had a chance uh, until the final whistle blew. I mean, there was with two seconds left in the game or five seconds left, we had a chance to win the game and the ball went up and it, we didn't finish it. Now we got to look at the reasons why it didn't, we didn't get the outcome that we all desired. And so um, we talked about offensively the explosion plays. We were like 10 to three explosives on them. Um, defense third downs were really good. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we got to get off the field on defense. We got to find another turnover to create an extra possession and we have to block better as a football team. And I know that encompasses a lot, but that's the difference, you know, the, uh, again, the identifying those penalties and, and talking about those and we, we can't make those mistakes and, uh, expect to win against a good team. So learn the lessons and then reload mentally and go back to practice, which they did yesterday. And we all did and, and move forward. Um, you know, it'd be a shame to not learn anything from a experience like that. So we, we take the time to do that. Um, but I, you know, yesterday at practice, they were going and like they always do, but uh, we just have, we have to make those improvements. Yeah. A little emotional maturity is always nice. It's one thing that Cal has the benefit of having generally speaking with the players that you get to bring into Cal is that you have that kind of intelligence, that intuitiveness, that having that emotional intelligence is a way to move forward from something like that. So, well, I appreciate you coming on today, coach, obviously disappointing last week, but looking forward to kind of watching this team turn itself around. Like I said, being Cal, having been around this program for a long time, the one thing that you get with really smart players is the ability to flip the switch and turn it. Absolutely. We're looking forward to it too. Thanks, Mike. So that was coach. You can obviously hear the disappointment in his voice, but as always, Bears are going to get back after it, get working on it. Uh, and they've got Arizona coming up this week. The offsides penalty. I told you we would look at that film later. Let's take a look at that right now. So imagine this. You line up for field goal block, and it's even field goal safe. It's not really even field goal block. You're only rushing guys in terms of getting there to force the kick, to put a little pressure on him. And nobody jumps. Everybody's lined up clean. And they throw a flag. Super, super late, by the way, they threw the flag. It wasn't like the flag came out right away. The flag came out super late. And there's nothing there. There literally is nothing there. There's no offsides. Nobody's lined up offsides. Nobody jumped offsides. And the official came back and told Coach Wilcox that Lumaja Hearns was offsides, that he jumped offsides. And there's clearly, clearly nothing there. You can look at the film. You can see right there, there is no offsides. That is a clean snap. That is awful. That call is horrible. At that point in the broadcast, I believe I called the official Homer Simpson because it felt like the ACC officials were making Homer calls a lot in this game. And so the problem is when there's nothing there and the flag comes out that late that the official is manufacturing something. He is making something up. And if he's doing that, there's only a couple of reasons he would do it. Made up something in his head right? Convinced himself that there was something there or there is something untoward going on. Uh, you, you start to worry about the integrity of that call, especially with an ACC crowd. Notre Dame is part of the ACC in every sport except for football. And actually 
they have a commitment to play ACC teams when they have holes in their schedule for football. So obviously benefiting the ACC benefits Notre Dame in the end when it comes back to the Olympic sports. So it, it makes you question what is going on with that official. Is it is he having some kind of mental problem that he convinced himself that there was something there? Because there clearly was not. Clearly. Or is there an integrity issue for that? We have yet to hear from the ACC officials with an apology. We have yet to hear them take any responsibility for that. I know the official at the game, the head of officials, said they clearly blew that call. But make it public. Do something. I mean, the Bears aren't going to win this game now. But make it public. Anyway, that's my rant. That's the deal. Next week, coming up, University of Arizona. It's, uh, it's a big one because it's conference play. Arizona, also beatable. Uh, they've looked good. They've looked good versus San Diego State. Not as good versus Mississippi State. And then last week, North Dakota State. Hard to tell. FCS opponent. It's a very good FCS opponent, but it's an FCS opponent. You should win that game. So I will bring you a preview of the Cats coming up later on this week. Uh, as always, I appreciate Coach Wilcox's time coming here. That's my take on the Notre Dame game. And I look forward to breaking down the Cats coming up soon. I appreciate you guys, as always. Uh, fantastic. And I appreciate you guys being here. For Bear Insider and the Ultimate Insider Podcast, I'm Mike Pulaski. Go Bears.